Chapter Ten of Betty Baird's Golden Year by Anna Hamlin Weichel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Holly Jensen. Chapter Ten, Minturn Manor. On they pursued their journey. Miss Minturn having telephoned to Mrs. Baird and received permission to take Betty to her grand aunt's. What a life I am leading you! she exclaimed as she dropped into a seat in the car at the grand central station a dance miss minturn replied betty with a saucy smile adding and you know how i love to dance this time the railway station which betty could see from a distance as they rounded a long curve was a squat attractive building of gray stucco with a pleasant red roof welcoming the coming guest a carriage took them by a circuitous route and at the top of a steep hill looking out over a beautiful ravine the driver halted do you see that hill over there he asked pointing his whip with pride to the dim horizon if it wa'n't for that hill we could see the sound from this very spot yes said miss minturn settling back and closing her eyes with determination betty giggled a little to herself but leaned forward for she had not lost those pleasant anticipations of the beauties of nature gratuitously pointed out and while her faith was unequal to removing the mountain between her and the sound yet the green hazy valley below shot through with dazzling yellow roads and a gray winding stream repaid her jogging along a broad road overarched by oaks locusts and elms and past the old stone mill they alighted at a commanding house built in the dutch style which stood in the centre of wide-spreading acres sparsely covered with grass and stubble magnificent trees showing neglect however dotted the lawn while the spring air and the warm early sunshine brought out wistful odors of things planted long ago which survived by the courtesy of nature alone box lilacs bayberry and calycanthus in response to the thunder of the immense brass eagle knocker the heavy mahogany door was swung back by a sour-faced old serving-man and at once a high-pitched voice called out from somewhere inside come in come in isabel i saw you get out of that ramshackle old hack what are the minturns coming to a boston terrier rushed at them barking fiercely then fawned on them in the friendliest fashion and a tiny king charles spaniel bow-wowed in a way that made betty say it sounded like a woolly store-dog and take him up in her arms where he snuggled down contentedly that's my grand-aunt miss minturn said in a low voice as they walked towards the room indicated by the servant they were ushered into a drawing-room which for size betty had not seen equalled even at the pines or at miss minturn's home on washington square long wide and high-ceilinged it was carpeted with old aubusson the walls were a plain pale gray against which were gracefully outlined beautiful belter rosewood chairs while two sofas covered with the same delightfully faded rose-colored damask reposed at each end of the room rosewood tables and inlaid cabinets the furniture for which the rich before the sixties forfeited their colonial and revolutionary pieces stood like pygmies on the rose-strewn carpet of this vast room as they entered betty caught a glimpse of herself in a distant pier-glass in this handsome yet cheerless room gave her an odd feeling of separation from her own personality 
at one end of the room betty saw miss minturne's grand-uncle and grand-aunt the old gentleman was tall thin and aristocratic with a mild and pleasant face his snowy dundreary whiskers setting off a complexion that was as pink and delicate as a girl's at one side lay his boston terrier and the spaniel leaped at once from betty's arms and ensconced himself at the other side betty sat down beside him when she had gone through the empty formality of an introduction to the old lady for it was very soon evident that wherever she stood or sat remained space to madame minturne fascinated however betty could not take her eyes from her sitting there in the corner of the sofa her back straight as a ramrod a great paisley shawl thrown over her knees and a chudder over her shoulders peering out from the midst of the handsome draperies was a tiny withered brown face with piercing eyes surrounded by a large lace cap ornamented with cherry-colored ribbons well you're here at last isabel i should like to know what brought you the old lady demanded imperiously in a shrill treble shaking a hitherto concealed ebony cane at her grandniece i have been asking you to come for six months or more grand-aunt you forget that i'm a very busy woman miss minturne reminded her you needn't scream isabel i'm not deaf said the old lady then with no effort to lower her own voice she asked who is that you brought with you miss minturne said something about betty helping her in her work a working girl she examined betty curiously for a moment the flamboyant ribbons bobbed closer to miss minturne and betty felt herself dwindle once more into an object without dimension color or form mr minturne however made amends by smiling benignly and nodding his white head towards the dogs and telling betty about their tricks but evidently he annoyed his wife for she bade him be quiet whispering to miss minturne that he was a little childish as betty was now shut out of the conversation she had an excellent opportunity to look around her that gave her exquisite pleasure for miss minturne had told her that the house was more than a hundred and fifty years old and had been a centre of revolutionary history in spite of its run-down condition and gloomy atmosphere it had the charm of refined traditions a background of past lives and histories that captivated betty's antiquarian and historical spirit it was spoken of as the great house she had discovered at the station it stood in the centre of an estate of two hundred acres or more with a far-reaching vista over the hilltops and commanded the valley like a fort the high foundation wall and the massive square chimneys accented its military aspect betty's eyes travelled from the windows back to the room the portraits on the walls were as awe-inspiring as the old lady except one which hung directly opposite the old man's chair it was the modern portrait of a young man and after a close look betty was sure she could understand why mr minturne sat in front of that frank handsome face even in the old gentleman's wrinkled forehead could still be traced the lines that made the young man's head so distinguished the square jaw and the lips sunken yet firm were reproduced spiritedly in the portrait in the young face there was missing the mildness of the venerable man and in the old one the vitality and spirit of the youth both were serious 
though betty fancied she saw repeated in the portrait and its eyes seemed to look straight into hers the pleasant whimsical smile that the old man turned on her whenever his wife made one of her characteristically sharp speeches i see you were wondering who that handsome young fellow is said mr minturne softly gently stroking his dundreries it's a face to make one wonder that said betty he looks so so ready she felt that this could not mean much to her listener but that had been the conclusion of her thoughts there he stood the man equal to any occasion social or financial military or diplomatic he's our only grandson he's in the diplomatic service he's only twenty-five that's young to have so much responsibility he gave a side glance at his wife but seeing that there was no probability of their being interrupted he went on he's coming home this summer i wish he could be here while you are with us he's been in scotland lately has a place there sort of a shooting box but he's a true american he hastened to add he's not one of those who find other countries more to his liking than his own he stopped and looked proudly into the open pleasant face i wonder now he continued slowly why so many of our young lads nowadays have such square jaws and square shoulders too betty smiled but the jaws couldn't be tailor-made nor dentist-made supplemented the old gentleman with a quiet chuckle in which betty joined discreetly with a quick glance at madame minturne who fortunately was talking in a high key i served all through the war he mused and i don't think many of us had such a fighting expression as he has he nodded towards the portrait betty looked critically at the picture but his eyes are so kind and laughing that at first one doesn't notice the awful determination of his mouth you've hit the nail on the head my dear awful determination expresses it exactly he holds on like a bulldog that's the only way to get through these days said betty with a wise shake of her sunny head her face full of sad wisdom and feeling herself the contemporary of the man of threescore and ten as there filed through her mind one venture and its failure then another and another madame minturne did not give betty even a nod when she left the drawing-room for the night miss minturne and her granduncle remained for an hour or so to play cribbage for old mr minturne had passed light-heartedly from a youth of frolic to an old age of cards betty found a book and passed the remainder of the evening pleasantly enough on going to her room she threw herself into a chair and with elbows on her knees her chin sunk deep in her palms began to think of her predicament an ignored guest i knocked but you didn't answer so i came right in had to be careful for my grand-aunt can hear a pin drop whispered miss minturne closing the door softly in the moonlight she could see betty's downcast attitude it's my grand-aunt betty isn't it betty sprang up and juggled the unobservant miss minturne into the easiest chair in the room yes she acknowledged reluctantly she drew a stool to miss minturne's side your aunt doesn't want me here because i am a working girl and she has ignored me completely you mustn't mind her dear miss minturne spoke with the indifference of one whose mind was on her own troubles 
i confess that i'm more than half afraid of her myself but she's an interesting character after all on account of my uncle robert i come to see her as often as i can he loves cards and i devote my evenings to playing with him he's only a month older than grandaunt ellen but she insists that he's much older and that he's growing childish pride has been her ruling passion pride of ancestry of wealth of position of beauty and she has never forgiven me for going into trade as she puts it you're in trade too my dear so you're snubbed betty drew herself up why should she stay there only to be snubbed this question was on the end of her tongue when miss minturne laughed guardedly aunt ellen will simply ignore you she did me for a whole year after i went into trade she added easily if cousin lawrence were only here he's splendid that's the word he's my ideal of a man he has a lot of fun in him too during a pause in the conversation there came from the next room a low monotone as of someone reading grandaunt evidently is not asleep yet she has a companion to read to her from the bible it's always the bible and she makes her continue the reading even when she drops off into a doze the monotonous drone stopped then they heard madame minturne's shrill voice berating her companion there i caught you you stopped reading when you thought i was asleep how often must i tell you manning that i want you to keep right on whether i'm asleep or not miss minturne and betty involuntarily smiled into each other's eyes miss minturne perhaps a trifle cynically while betty's face clouded with pity and concern for the unfortunate companion it won't last much longer she reads only until eleven one thing betty laughed miss minturne consolingly you have seen a grande dame high-tempered and imperious penurious and inconsiderate yet after all with the fascination of conscious power the way one feels about napoleon and an old age no one could envy she's certainly an interesting character admitted betty dubiously the picture miss minturne presented failed to correspond with her ideas of the great ladies of the past now enjoy my grandaunt said miss minturne genially rising and kissing betty good-night miss minturne certainly overrates my capacity for enjoyment said betty to herself as the door closed End of chapter 10 Recording by Holly Jensen